You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From Tampa Bay, this is Pucks and Balls. Now, now, who's ready to light the lamp? Here's Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Good morning, good morning, hockey fans. Welcome to a new episode of Pucks and Bolts, an Odyssey original podcast analyzing the Tampa Bay Lightning and their quest to further cement this team as a hockey dynasty and Tampa Bay as a hockey town. Pucks and Bolts will bring you in-depth insight of games and practices and storylines of your favorite players and coaches multiple times a week. So be sure to download that Odyssey app to make everything convenient and easy. Hit that auto-download button so that those brand new episodes are just sitting there waiting for you. First thing in the morning, whenever there is a new Pucks and Bolts episode, you can also catch brand new episodes of Pucks and Bolts on any other of your favorite streaming platforms, i.e. Apple or Spotify. Share it with friends, family, and other hockey fans around. Guys, I am Casey Hudson, joined by my co-host Kaylee Mizell, and we are swinging in to a new week after a successful lightning weekend. Kaylee, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. It was a fantastic weekend for the Lightning. Uh, back-to-back wins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm 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 pumped. Um, <laughs> and just in time to kind of get things in order right before they start their West Coast trip. Um, yeah, it, it was a great weekend. Fantastic. Good to see them really kind of bounce back, take control of things, um, and play like the team that we know that they are. So I'm uh, you know, flying on cloud nine over here. I uh, have to give a shout out. It's my brother's birthday today. So happy oh, birthday, Chad. Happy birthday. Um, oldest. So, um, yeah, I think overall it was a great weekend. And, and yeah, get excited to, to head into things today, feeling ready, pumped on a Monday. What about you, Case? Yeah, a great weekend is an is a nice addition to morning coffee, if you will. Um, <laughs> typically at this point, depending on how things go and in the football world, not so great. But hockey was a saving grace, if you will. Um, great, great weekend with the guys being able to collect some points there. They were away Friday, um, got to go to the game Saturday. And I'm, I, I, I beg to differ or I beg to plead that there's no atmosphere like the lightning's atmosphere. There's I've been to a few different teams, hockey games. Um, I kind of adopted the Vegas golden Knights as a backup team, not as a bandwagoner guys. So relax. Um, I was doing outsource coverage for them for, for two seasons. So out of all the places that I've gotten to watch other, other hockey games, I don't know. There's no place like home, if you will. So Saturday was great to, to get to the game and um, Sunday have a little bit more, of a of a lax day if you will spend time with friends and family and watch a horrible football game (laughs) but my voice is back i'm not sniffling this week there's a lot a lot to be grateful for so uh great weekend and even better episode that we're going to dive in dive into here over at pucks and bolts because uh good news good things to build off of that takes us straight into the breakout 
let's start with some news. Um, the biggest thing for me was the fact that Friday evening down in Sunrise, Florida, uh, Eric Chernak ended up leaving the game early. He was back on the bench for overtime to support his team, but he was out of the lineup on Saturday versus the New York Islanders mm -hmm. before the game. When, when a coach was asked about Chernak's um, injury and stuff, he said that Eric would be day to day after the game. He was asked about Chernak again, and he mentioned the fact that he more than likely will be in the lineup Tuesday night versus the L.A. Kings. So it seems like everything will turn around there. Um, yep. And then today I will get a chance to see if he will be practicing to see where his health fares. But hopefully, because while they walked away with wins and points, Kaylee, um, Chernak is a huge contributing factor and a huge defender for these guys in, in front of Vasilevsky. Oh, he, he surely is. And he's one of the guys that got the contract renewals this season. So uh, a little bit bummed to see that he was out with an upper body injury, but good to know that it's day to day. I mean, that, that means that hopefully they're getting him back on the mend versus, you know, week to week or, or being placed on the dreaded, you know, IR list. So, um, that, that, that is Good news, positive news, and Eric Chernak is definitely a guy, especially on defense, where where they did lose some pieces. He's a guy that is a key contributing factor on this defense. So um, ho hopefully we'll have him back very soon. Um, aside from that, uh, I don't I don't really think there's too much going on other than the fact that you know. The Lightning's pre-sale for their retro jerseys sold out. Casey, you didn't get one. Not yet. <laughs> I didn't make it. We were talking about it, and then we both had work stuff to get into. And by the next time I blinked and looked up, it was like, hey, you're actually not purchasing this jersey. So Not yet. Not <laughs> maybe, yet. Maybe it was the universe saying that I was being more optimistic um, than I than I should have been, if you will. But like I said, I'll buy it. It'll be they memorabilia. Go sale. They go back yeah. on sale. So that was just the pre-sale. I think uh November 1st, there's another round. Opportunity. So I will set my alarm and be your ready calendars. To... <laughs> November 1. About I'm gonna come knocking on your door the minute that I get it. Like yeah, seriously, come show it off to me. See if the initial just like seeing it without expecting yeah. it makes you love it just a little bit more. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I'm I know I'm gonna like it in person eventually i just don't no no no. i for sure will i just okay. don't know i would <laughs> like, like it on me like i don't uh, know how i would wear that and style it but i but i think it sure. looks it's a great jersey i think that they did great i think that they they uh they definitely like understood the assignment you know what i mean like they i mean check, you think about check, it they check, picked a check. lot of different little historic things on it and yes. it's got a lot of meaning yeah. it's like the tattoo yeah. that you look at from a distance and you're like i wonder why they got that tattoo <laughs> and yeah, at first like while you're wondering memories. and then you get to the person and they explain it and then it's like oh wow that has all this meaning yeah. behind it and then you can't yeah. judge it anymore mm -hmm. exactly exactly get those questions 100%. a lot <laughs> so maybe building off of the breakout before we uh break out into some game reviews mm -hmm. uh you and I talked last Pucks and Bolts episode about the Cooper shuffle and some some line shuffling that he did yet again. Um, mm -hmm. We mentioned the fact that, you know, they maintained that first line with Hagel, Point, and Kucherov, and they switched up the second line with Killer, Stammer, and Nemestikov. Third line switch up Colton, Paul, Perry, and then last line being Maroon, Belly, and um, Koka. The other big change that came about, obviously, with Chernak being out of the lineup, but even I think if he was in the lineup, there were some small changes to the deep pairings. Um, having foot play along Hedman, 
Herbix and Sergey are starting to strike up some chemistry. And then you had Cole and Myers together when uh, Eric Chernak was out. So um, I would think that we're going to look and see if there's going to be any further, at least deep pairing shuffles, especially if Chernak ends up back in the lineup. But aside from that, I think that these lines started to find something this mm -hmm. weekend, Kaylee. I think they started to find enough to maybe build off of. I know I said that last week. Um, and then while they maintained one of the lines that they could count on the most, I think that they kind of struck hot with those with those second and third line um, swap outs. So that's going to lead us down to Sunrise, Florida, Florida Panthers, a little bit of rivalry, whether you like it or not. Um, what was your take from Friday's game? The first set of points that the boys collected over the weekend. Yeah, I mean, my first take in this game is just the fact that they never gave up. I mean, you 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 look at what the Panthers were able to do and and just kind of the back and forth nature of the game. You know, the the Lightning come out and they score they score first. Um, you know, they they put up a power play goal. Um, Steven Stamkos gets it, of course. He's just yeah. so, <laughs> so hot on the power play. We will be talking about another guy who got hot in this game later on. But really starting that scoring early, that's what they needed to do. And we've talked about getting those fast starts. And so that, that was a really key emphasis for this team. And it was a really good sight to see. I mean, about seven minutes into the game, um, mm -hmm. they, they, they strike. And so, again, really, really good to see that. Um, and then... And then, you know, things kind of get a little bit away from them. Um, not terribly, you know, they're not down a crazy amount, but but they're down. They're down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the Panthers come back and they, they score pretty quickly um, to even it up. And then you go to the second period, the Panthers strike again. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just one of those things where you don't really want to to, to see it um, because this Panthers team, you don't want to give them the lead. Um, and then it kind of can feel a little bit like, here we go again. Is this our, is this team let up? let up another, you know, are they not going to be able to, to really defend well? Are they going to just like let up? And I think one of the biggest things that you saw out of this game was that they didn't, that they dug deep, and, um, really it's interesting because, um, in regulation uh, in the third period, of course it was Braden point, Mr. Clutch, as I call him, because he does tend to come in, in the clutch a lot of times. Oh, um, he, he's, he, he really truly does. Um, and it was a five on five goal, but it's super interesting Casey, because, the way that that worked out, it wasn't actually Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and mm -hmm. Brandon Hagel on the ice. Actually, it was Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, and Steven Stamkos on the ice as the forward line. A little bit of an old touch there. When Braden Point <laughs> scored that goal. And now they only had, as that three pairing, that you know the group of three guys together, they only had a minute and 37 seconds on the ice as a line. And that minute and 37 seconds is when Braden Point scored his goal. So, I mean, of course. <laughs> um, but it just goes to show, I mean, it's one of those things where Cooper is, is, is very smart. He knows when people are having success together. Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of success from Steven Stamkos. And then, um, 
you know, he knew that at some point, Braden point, like his, his, his shot's going to come, it's going to land. And so Cooper puts them together uh, in the third, just to kind of give some spark and it works. Um, and so timely. It's, it's very smart that he did that. And it, and you're right. It's very, very timely. Um, but I think some of the things that you really learned about this team is that they, they were never able to give up. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is that they continued to now you can't rely on special teams. We'll get into that when we talk about the <laughs> Islanders game, but they relied on what was hot at the moment. And that was special teams. They, mm-hmm. they, they were able to emphasize and really put a lot of weight in that part of their game because they knew, Hey, you know what? This is the hot part of our five on five. We're not cutting it all that great at the moment. So we need to switch things up and we need to lean into the fact that we are doing really well uh, on the power play, which is where they scored two of their three goals in that game, in that overtime win. And then even when they scored the five on five action goal, it was a little bit of like a remake of uh, <laughs> of what the power play looks like with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. Yeah. Um, and Braden point there. So those are just a few things that I noticed, uh, but case. And super what, yeah. So what are some things that you, you saw out of that game? Some positive takeaways, <laughs> of course, that never giving up. Luckily, luckily there's know. positive. Um, yes. Yeah. So absolutely. You said it, they didn't give up and not to say that. Well, I mean, unfortunately the truth, <laughs> the truth being at least we've seen that they have that capability after mm-hmm. letting up, through multiple games opening up the season, if you will. So not doing that was a big contributing factor for them. And, um, you know, Alex Kloran kind of mentioned the fact that in the middle of the game, sometimes Cooper will make those little, you know, those Mm -hmm. shuffle ups, if you will, someone's shuffling and how timely to do so and and go back and revert to a line that, you know, has chemistry, knows how to read one another just to try to get the job done. Um, What's wild though, is the amount of penalty minutes that these guys had. So the amount of penalty kill action and power play action that was taking place, special teams commanded a lot of the ice on Friday night. You have 14 minutes of uh, in the penalty box for the lightning and you've got 18 for the Panthers, not so surprising there. Cause as we mentioned, the Panthers are this physical element. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as, as we talked about in the last pucks and bolts episode, it was kind of coming in and figuring out how do you, how do you contain a guy like Kachuk? How do you limit him from opportunity? And he's their one goal and one assist of the night, if you will, assisting on the other goal that the Panthers collected. So definitely problematic. I think a big recipe for them was figuring out how to contain him in the third, uh, eliminate his, his playmaking abilities just a little more. Um, and as you mentioned, kind of those timely line shuffles, which leads me to like the biggest point that I saw this weekend and it rolls from Friday into Saturday, if you will, is, um, better face-off success all weekend. Yep. You've got quotes on it. Um, you know, we've talked about it since the first episode of Pucks and Volts is that success starts in the circle and they're starting uh-huh. to, you know, build off of that. They had 53% face-off success versus the Panthers 47% when it comes to face-off. So if you can control the puck from the center there, then you have more of a chance to set up plays and push your team, you know, whatever direction they need to go, depending on where you do face-off. Um, so the rallying in the third was huge. I think that that was a period where, you know, they typically lacked having an engine all season long, being able to see that they have the capability to play and show up in the third period. And this is a team that, tell me if I'm wrong here, I feel like they love overtimes. 
we've seen it since the bubble. They just kind of hit this different gear. They get a different look in their eyes. Like they don't fear overtime whatsoever. No. It's almost like they sickly enjoy it. Uh, I know Bolts fans have had to live through some really, really Ooh. tough overtimes. Um, so I feel like they had a, di a couple different things in Friday night's game. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that are going that helped with a momentum swing that hopefully doesn't just, you know, stay within Saturday night's success that it can carry into this West Coast tour that they're about to take on here. So um, for me, it was the face-off success stepping up. It was showing that they can have a motor in that third period and um, that they can make timely decisions, but more than likely they're not afraid to go in and, and play that extra mile of the game on the ice there. So they show that they can play all three periods and um, – was it still the, the Stammer show? Yeah. But Braden Point getting involved, I think, was a good energizer for the rest of the squad to let them know, like, hey, because they had said it um, in Thursday's practice or after Thursday's practice, and they said it Friday, too. You know, more people have to get involved than just Stammer. Everybody has to step mm -hmm. up here. And they didn't particularly find that entirely on Friday. But the success that they had on Friday, I think, swung into Saturday. Right, Kaylee? It did. It did. And, and just one more, two more points on this game. We got to do our cherry pickers before we go on to into Saturday's game. Cause right. We're doing cherry picker. I was doing a per cherry game. per game. Yeah. yeah. We got to do one per game. Gotta uh, is there their love. <laughs> one thing that the lightning did not heed my advice in is <laughs> staying out of the penalty box. I would have liked to, I would have liked them to stay out of the penalty box. I mean, definitely not 14 more. minutes. That was. Yeah. I mean, the, between the, between the two teams, they had 12 power plays. Now, luckily Florida didn't execute on any of their power plays, but that's not going to be normal. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you let them have five chances at power play, that's an area of your game that you need to clean up. You need to, you need to be a little bit better. You cannot give a really good team, especially because the power play, it can get hot at times and you, you just can't give a really good team like the Panthers mm -hmm. five opportunities at, you know, a man advantage yep. to, to get at you. So that is a, as a little part of their game that I would like to see them step up. <laughs> I am glad Casey that they were able to defend well um, on the penalty kill. And then they were able to capitalize on two of the seven power plays that they had. Uh, so uh, again, I, a little bit hotter in the, in the special teams, again, kind of feeding the hand that's hot a little bit there. Um, mm -hmm. Although not perfect because two of seven is, it's it's okay. It's not great. Um, yeah. I really like what you said about the face-offs. Um, and, and it's something that, like I said previously, this team has been very aware of and very, mm -hmm. very much working on. Jeff Halpern is, is the coach that really focuses on face-offs and, and he's really, really good at it. 
Um, and the fact that this team is getting better in the circle, it means that they're not chasing the game. So that's really good. Mm -hmm. On that note, Casey, my cherry picker, again, I got to be basic. <laughs> it's got to be Braden Point, Mr. Clutch. The fact that you come up big in both the third period to tie the game, sending the game into overtime, and then just a few minutes into overtime, you come up with the overtime winner, Steven Stamkos and Corey Perry. On the assist on that Braden Point overtime winning goal, gosh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but Braden Point has to have like the most – or, or at least pretty high of overtime game-winning goals on this Lightning team, especially in the last few years. He he really, truly has been Mr. Clutch for this team. So he gets to be my cherry picker, which is just, you know, the best the best guy on the ice. It's like it's like know. stars, fans. It's he, He's essentially my number one star for this game. <laughs> he actually did get the number one star of the game. I was going to say. No. <laughs> You're 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 right there in step with with what's right, Kaylee. Sometimes being basic is just what's right. Um, and along those lines, my cherry picker is actually going to be Nikita Kucherov, the ninja. He okay. uh, he collected two points Friday, one on Saturday. Leads the team in assists with eight assists, eight points, nineteen shots on goal, and um, you know. There, which we'll get into here in a minute when we start breaking down the Islanders. But, you know, Alex Korn mentioned the fact that these are guys, Stammer, Kucherov, you know, even point where you know that when they have an opportunity to keep the puck on their stick, they're going to do something special eventually. And um, last episode of Pucks and Bolts here at Odyssey, I mentioned looking at the game, just because you're not hearing his name as much, sometimes you might not realize just how much uh, – wizardry, if you will, Nikita Kucherov is doing out there. I feel like you have to be outlandish with the words that you use to describe Cooch, but no, he's out there. He He's setting up his team for success. He's putting pucks, he's pushing pucks forward, uh, getting them towards the net, helping out so much more than, you know, landing, landing pucks in, in, in the net there. And eventually it's just going to come, as you mentioned, Kaylee, they will fall. Um, but I think I, I definitely think it needs to be acknowledged that Nikita Kucherov is putting in so much work um, and helping his team move things along there. So Kuch is my, is my cherry picker of Friday night's game. I could have gone basic. I could have said Stammer, but we give Stammer so much love and he's the captain. He's doing what what great leaders do. He's leading. So, we're going to we're going to hand that star off to another guy. Um, which makes me excited to see what we're going to choose for this next game, but yes. as mentioned, now we're going to take this momentous swing from Friday night and Sunrise and see how it carried over into Saturday. Bolts come back home. They get to host the New York Islanders, a team that we know can be very difficult, and I will open with this. The Islanders actually played quite well, mm -hmm. quite, quite well. They had a few guys out. Um, they had some line shuffles that they were doing. They went with Sorokin and net over uh, Varlamov, but they played very well, if you will. So this was a great game for the Bolts to step up in and show that they have the ability to compete and carry this momentous swing. So Kaylee thoughts on New York Islanders, trying to stomp into lightning territory hockey town ladies and gentlemen and not succeeding yeah i mean i i think this was a really solid game i mean i think that the way that this lightning team played this game this islanders team and get that it got that 5-3 win it might have been you know and i'm 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 going to say this and and say again might 
it might have been their best, you know, five on five performance of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think the fact that they were able to come in and really get things going, I, I really liked to see that. I liked to see uh, what they were able to do. And, and I, and I think they were very successful five on five, which again, maybe their most successful five on five game. And, and, and a huge reason is because of, well, you said some of their names, Nikita Kucherov, Braden point, Brandon Hagel, that line, they generated two goals. Um, they had a, over 11 minutes on ice and were really able to get in there and, and push things. Um, and I really like to see again, just the way that that line was able to contribute and, and to get, that's what you expect from your top line. And mm-hmm. so it took, it took this team a little bit of time to really find their groove five on five. But I would say in this game, they really found it. There weren't as many line, you know, shuffling and you look at like the forward line and the pairings and stuff in the game against the Panthers. And, and, you know, there was a little bit, you know, of, of shaking things up just to see if something would spark. Right. Because again, they got to a point where I don't I want to use the necessarily the word that they were playing desperate, but they were playing behind. You know, you come out, you get that lead, and then you're playing behind. You don't want to play behind. In this game, there was a lot more consistency in the lines mm-hmm. because they weren't playing behind, because because they were playing um because they were playing with the advantage basically the entire game. I mean, actually, yeah, the the Islanders tied it up in the first, but then after that, I mean, Tampa Bay had the lead pretty handily, frankly, the whole time. Um, you know, Matt Martin comes and ties it up right after Breeden Point gets his goal, but then Brandon Hagel turns right back around and says, hey, you know what? We're uh we're the top line. We're gonna go in there and, and we're gonna get things done. Um and so in the first period, it really was this top line really taking advantage. And I think, Casey, that that gave the rest of these line combinations confidence. Because after the first period, you saw everyone get involved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, again, and, and you said something kind of key there, too, is that sometimes it's these little things that create the sparks that carry over into other things, if you will. And um, the first line coming out and, and opening up so well in that first period, I think also reminded these other lines, Hey, we have to step up and do our job. We have to fulfill our role. Um, and with that said, you mentioned it. It was all four lines that got involved in the scoring action here, which is huge because this team has, you know, ha- hasn't had the most, even strength success. And I got a chance to ask coach Cooper about it after the game. And he kind of mentioned that that success started with them having a better face-off percentage overall. They were able to set up better and uh, get the puck moving a lot better. And then according to Nick Paul, who I also got a chance to catch up with, he just mentioned the fact that, you know, they were containing those rushes and the more that they were able to contain those rushes and not be playing back so much, they were able to create more opportunity line by line. Um, They also just had this different, this different gusto to them, this different motivation. And I think it's because 
a guy like Brandon Hagel, who we love talking about here at Bucks and Bolts, is starting to find his identity in this Tampa Bay team. Um, he had a few a few key takeaways in the neutral zone there that started to really apply the pressure to Sorokin and, you know, you saw different guys feeding off of what Brandon Hagel was doing. We've talked about forechecking being a huge thing. It needs to be re-cemented back into this team. And so there's different identifications of their game that they're starting to find again, but it takes those line shuffles. It takes people finding their role. Cause when you come from different teams, you know, Hagel having a completely different role in Chicago than he does here, as you mentioned a couple episodes back, once he starts finding it here, I think it can start making for a really dangerous application across the board. Um, so something that stuck out to me the most uh, outside of all four lines getting involved, why all four lines got involved. We mentioned the fact that these players have been talking about it. They've acknowledged it since that loss to the Flyers in the home opener. But it was the fact that um, Alex Kalorn after the game, I got a chance to you know ask him, what helped? Was it the line shuffles particularly? Was it specific lines getting a chance to play together again? And he mentioned the fact that, you know, there's been a little few minor shuffles during the game, but it's the fact that they realized he said he went back and watched film in 2015 and realized that they looked completely different. Mm-hmm. And within that, he noticed that a big difference of that is teams kind of keying in on key players like Nikita Kucherov, Steven Samkos, Braden Point, your top guys. And what they're doing is they're eliminating their ability to keep the puck on their stick because they know if you give them too much time and space to have the puck on their stick, that great things are going to happen for this Tampa Bay team. So the adjustment period for the Lightning was how do we adjust without thinking, okay, we have to set up our top guys versus we need to turn into our top guys. And that mentality, I think, helped generate so much motivation, so much inspiration and allow all four lines to really get involved there. So it was really exciting to see for one, um, it showed their capability for two. And anytime that they have these West Coast tours, they can kind of go hand in, you know, they can go any sort of way. I remember when I first got into hockey, people used to kind of like, you know, you have people who's teaching you how to view the game and what to look for when you're watching. And they used to say that, um, East Coast teams were speed, West Coast teams were were physical. And then like you have these teams that just come out of nowhere that can encompass both. Mm-hmm. So it was funny because you would see, at least when I first started covering the team four years ago, um, I think you've been with them way longer, you would see them go out West and just have these flopping performances because they were being worn down physically. Yep. So to have this kind of win against a New York Islanders team, mind you, the Islanders brought it to them. Yes, they outshot the bolts number one, 35 to 25 and hits. They had like 48, 49 hits to the lightning's 20 something. So statistically they were applying pressure. They were putting mm-hmm. pucks on, you know, on, on, on net there and they were loading up in the hit column. This team adjusted and managed so well, um, and they didn't leave it in the hands of their leaders. They stepped up where they knew that they can clean up little by little. And we said this in the last Pucks and Bolts episode. It's those small changes that have that eventually turn into this big success for them. So stepping up in faceoff percentage was a good one. We noticed that this team has a better chance of faring in a game when they open the scoring. That happened mm-hmm. in back-to-back games, whether they got behind or not. And then not relying on the power play for success, I would say, would be the next big thing. Because while they didn't have as much power play opportunity Saturday as they did Friday, 
um, the guys acknowledge that it can't come down to special teams all the time. Special team kind of has to be that icing on the cake, if you will. You know, you get that opportunity, you execute on that opportunity, but five on five is what's going to carry you through all these different style teams that you're going to play with and getting to go out West and deal with a different style, especially like the Kings, I think is going to help really shape this team even further um, to get back to where we know they can be. And we see some guys stepping up and they have so much room to go, so to go further. And it's exciting to see where this build is going to go. Yeah. And, and they have an opportunity, like you said, to continue to build off of what they've done. And Casey, this is a team that they know where they, they know where they have weaknesses and they're able to build off them. Look at the face-offs and look at Pierre Edouard Belmar specifically, because I told you guys a few weeks ago that he, he was not doing very well in the face-off dot. And I talked to him at practice and he told me, you know, it, it's just one of those things. Where I look forward to getting better. And against the Islanders, Casey, he was six of 10. He was 60% in the face-off circle. And so this is a team, again, it, there's a lot of veterans on this team. They know how to get better, and they are going to continue to get better. And a few things that you mentioned that I want to continue to emphasize are that while they did step up in five-on-five uh, -five action, and they were really able to start seeing some success there, start seeing some pucks fall into the net, some shots fall, which I said will come. Remember, I, yes. I said don't panic. Key takeaway of Kaylee's corner. We're getting shots on net. This is a good thing. Shots will fall. And they fell this weekend, um, specifically in the Islanders game. And it's really great to see. But something that they still need to be careful of is the amount of giveaways they have. Mm -hmm. Because against this Islanders team, and part of the reason the Islanders have so many more um, you know, shots and hits shots and hits on them is because the Lightning had 17 giveaways. The Islanders only had four. And that's a big deal because that can lead to those odd man rushes. That can lead to, um, you know, just really not putting your your defenders and your goalie in a very good position. And so that is a part of their game that they still need to work on. You play fast, but you have to play tight through the neutral zone and you can't just give the puck away. Um, and to have that many giveaways, that means to me, that's, that that's bad passes. That's, you know, not being insightful. That's not controlling the puck and thinking about where you're going to go and what you're going to do next. It's not mm -hmm. being on the same page with your teammates always. And those are things that this team is going to need to get better at because there are other teams out there that will take advantage. Yes. So that being said, Getting into what this – well, before we do that, we have to do our cherry picker. I almost forgot. We have to do our cherry picker. And as I look in this game, there's there's a lot of guys from this Islanders game that the Lightning could have as their cherry picker. Um, you know, the fact that Braden Point opens up scoring and, and still has the hot hand after coming off the night before – the fact that, you know, Brandon Hagel got into the mix or Nick Paul. Here's who I'm going to pick, though. Um, I'm going to give, like, a, a secondary shout-out to Moose because yes. I just think the way that he defended was fantastic. I mean, mm -hmm. he had 32 saves on 35 shots. Um, and so just, I mean, he, he was really, really fantastic in net. He – 
saved all seven high danger shots against yeah. him. So Moose definitely gets, uh, you know, a, a, an honorable mention. Uh, you got to give him a shout out. But my uh, my cherry picker is going to be Alex Kalorn. Nice. Um, he got his goal, and it, it was it was the last goal. Uh, Nick Paul, Mikhail Sergachev assist on that. Um, and really happy for him because I think he's a guy that once he starts to get going, he gets more into it. He gets more mm -hmm. in, in the zone. And so just really happy to see Alex Kalorn, um, take that, that step in his game this season. Uh, and I think that he will be able to continue to, to, uh, move in that direction and, and get some goal scoring, um, as, as the season continues on. I love that pick a lot. I love that pick so much, um, especially because you just saw how much that meant to Alex Kalorn to finally get back in the scoring column, if you will. And of totally. course, he was asked about it after the game. Like, what was it like? And he's like, I'm so glad to get that weight off my back. Hiller hasn't scored since April. And we know that back in April, he had the goal that was called back, goal that was called back. He was hitting this weird streak of luck. So definitely the, the, the top influencer of Tampa Bay deserves uh, deserves a lot of acknowledgement. Love that pick, Kaylee. Um, I'm actually – so, of course, I was torn here because I've been on the bagel train since we started this show. Yeah. And while he – this is hard um, – <laughs> Okay, honor, honorable mention. You did one, so I'll do one. My honorable yeah. mention is definitely Brandon Hagel. Um, you're just starting to see a spark out of this guy. Uh, really excited to see how his play continues to progress. That first line looks like they're starting to find their rhythm together, their, their chemistry together, finding better reads there. Um, and Hagel almost had an empty netter at the end of the game. So he almost walked away with two goals, uh, some key takeaways, some beautiful blocks, great forward checking. This kid is starting to find his stride. Uh, but as for if, as for cherry picker, if I just had to lean in one direction or another, I've got to give it to Nick Paul. Okay. Nick Paul is, I just, I really like the way he skates. I like the pressure that he applies to other goalies. He comes in so fast and then just kind of leaves the puck set up for somebody else. So I feel like this is something that they can find um, and build off of and, and turn that into uh, a bit of a weapon, if you will. So it's Nick Paul walking away with one goal, one assist, two points, plus two in a big block of the night. He has the ability to, you know, contribute offensively as well as defensively. He can play all over the ice and you don't see any sort of fatigue out of him. And, um, you know, also his style of goal, it was, I think there was barely a second left in the second period when he scored. So he's just, his motor is going until the period is over. And you want a guy like that because they're going to keep you in games. And that's a lot of the gusto that we saw that carried this team, you know, successfully closing out the regular season and having these big plays in playoffs where you're almost counting them out because it's like, how the heck are they on their heels here? And then here comes Nick Paul. So to see that this early in the season, I'm elated. I, I can't wait to see how much more Nick Paul is going to do. And this is why they made him a priority to sign as soon as that season wrapped up. Also to keep in mind, Nick Paul sits at number two on this team for faceoff percentages. He's at 56.8 yep. underneath Ross Colton. So again, a guy that just contributes in all units, all elements, all factors of this game. And I could not, although Brandon Hagel, he's right there. They're, they're tied, but I had to just lean over lean in and, and hand this one to Nick Paul. Um, and we'll see what happens when they hit that West coast swing. But Kaylee, you were, you were telling us what happens after they come off of two W's collect some points, 
show power play success in many games, and then finally show that all four lines can get involved on that even strength, which was one of your key takeaways in Kaylee's corner on the last episode of Pucks and Bolts. So what do, what should we expect heading out west um, for an L.A. Kings team? I like this team. Yeah, they're they're a team that's three and four. They have uh, an overtime win. Um, and they're a team that, you know, it, it's not going to necessarily be easy, especially because you have another back-to-back set, the lightning play Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, so gearing up to head out West today. And, and that's also not necessarily the easiest of things to do. Um, so the Kings, you know, started off, uh, a, a little slow with, with, you know, losing their first two games and they had some wins uh, to oh, an overtime win and a shootout win. <laughs> and then um, they lost back to back games recently um, to both Pittsburgh and Washington. So uh, this is a team that's going to want to fight back because they're coming off of two losses. So so they're feeling a little bit backs against the wall right now. Um, and they do not want to lose, you know, any more, uh, you know, they, they don't want to lose any more games. You know, the, the, this is a team that really wants to make everything that they're doing count. Um, so the lightning needs to come in and they're going to need to know that they're going to need to, again, play fast, get on the scoreboard early, lean into the things that they're doing well, which again, they're, they're really starting to click in this five on five play. Um, I want to see that top line come out again and, 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 and score and do something. And another line that I want to see a little bit more from is the Steven Stamkos, you know, uh, even strength. Steven Stamkos has been excellent on the power play, but I want to see even strength, Alex Kalorn, Steven Stamkos, and you know, that kind of that third pairing, whether it, whether it be, you know, the Nick Paul or, um, yeah, who was the other guy? Nick Paul and, on the and, and Vladdy. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to see, I want to see them really start to pick up their game because, um, you know, while Alex Kaloran got that goal, that wasn't, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily like exactly with his line that, that didn't necessarily count towards their line. And, right. and that wasn't a goal for that line. And so I would really like to see that line step up in this game, um, because I know that Steven Samkos has a little bit of a hot hand. Alex Kalorn, you know, he finally got into the scoring column. That means a lot. So I'm going to put a lot on this second line to step up against this Kings game, Kings team, get out there and get going early. Um, because this is a Kings team that they also have a fairly good penalty kill. Um, so mm-hmm. you don't know, I mean, their penalty kill 78%. You don't know if you're going to be able to get going. Uh, uh, on the power play against them because they do, they do have a good penalty kill. So you have to rely on that five on five action again. And uh, you need to continue to defend. The other thing is, is just stop the giveaways, play a smart North to South game, be protecting this puck through the neutral zone. And I think that those are going to really, really do well by you Um, defensively. This, this Kings team, they switch, they switch things up quite a bit. They had, I mean, a a ridiculous through, through, you know, (laughs) through the first few games of the season, they've, they've had like quite a bit of line shuffling. Um, And so, 
it's just something that you have to keep an eye on. It's just something that you have to keep an eye on the fact that they're going to change things up and they can also ignite a spark in their play. If, if they need to, they've lost two. So they're a little bit desperate to get that win. So mm-hmm. you just have to know all of those things coming into this Casey. What about you? What are your keys for success against this LA Kings team? Love those points, Kaylee. Um, I think you said something very important. The way that they lost these back-to-back games, if you will, shows you that they're going to stay in it for three periods. So I just want to elaborate the fact of they've got to build off of playing three periods. You prove to yourself Friday you can rally in the third. You prove to yourself Saturday you can play all three periods. Now just a bit of a cleaner execution, if you will, because statistically the Islanders were very much in that game. Um, The Bulls just happened to – to be more successful with the edge there. So I love you calling out the second line because mm-hmm. I feel like after the the builds that we started to see from game one to two, two to three, three to four for sure, uh, Nemestikov had a little bit of a more silent night. Um, and this is a guy who I've mentioned, his versatility is, is, is sharp. So he should be able to be thrown on any line and somewhat contribute. That's kind of his identity, if you will. So there needs to be something that happens rhythmically between him, Killer, and Stamkos. And then, you know, Stammer, while he's great on the power play, as you mentioned, Kaylee, needs to be able to show up in that even strength as well. And I think Alex Colon will be a key contributor to that. Um, something to keep in mind before I dive into my point is that the this team will be playing without um, Alex Iafalo because they have put him on LTIR with a lower body injury since October 19th. Uh, Iafalo was one of five players in the NHL at the time to hold such an active point streak through the first four games of this season before falling out. And I'm pretty sure he collected his 100th point on his last night on the ice. So that's going to be something that could be somewhat helpful for the Tampa Bay Lightning team because Iofalo is kind of a, a sneaky a sneaky weapon, if you will. Um, he registered 173 points in 365 regular season appearances. Sorry, guys. Um, and also skated in 10 Stanley Cup playoff games. So somebody that they'll be without, and which means that they're having call-ups uh, from the AHL, and you'll see the lightning playing against some young guys who we don't particularly know how they're going to fit in this system. So those line shuffles that you mentioned are going to continue because mm-hmm. um, they called up Austin Wagner from the rain, a six, one 195 pound forward who has appeared in 171 career games with the Kings. So while they're trying to kind of figure out their footing there, that's something that the lightning can exploit if you will, we know what it's like to have to do call-ups last minute. We know what it's mm-hmm. like to have to make those adjustments and it's going to play against your chemistry. So if that second line, Kaylee, as you mentioned, can show up and honor what you're manifesting there, yeah. that could be huge. If this first line can build off of what they're doing, amazing. Uh, for me, it's kind of stepping back to that problematic players watch. Um, okay. So what I got from looking at at this team's play opening up the season is the fact that they actually have some problematic and quality centers, if you will. Mm-hmm. You've got Gabriel Velarde. You've got Adrian Kempe. You've got Anze Kopitar. You've got Philip Dano. You've got so many centers on this team. And, and the key thing with that center position is the fact that they're they're the conductor. <laughs> They're the ones setting the tone, creating the rhythm and feeding out to their wingers and um, 
you know, helping get things pushing forward. That's why sometimes it's a big deal when a guy can play in his element of being at center or has to move outside of it. And you mentioned Steven Samkos being able to get back to that center position is crucial because of his capability, his skill set. So when you're going against a team that has multiple quality centers, previously with the Islanders, they had, you know, maybe two big standout centers there while they're trying to figure out what those lines are supposed to look like. But you're talking about a team that has um, five, maybe even six key quality centers here that will cause an issue for these guys. Number one on this, on this center list, if you will, being um, Gabriel Velarde, four goals, three assists, seven points, 15 shots on goal. Not the highest faceoff percentage, if you will, but looking at that three assists there, there's been some comments that I've seen after these last two losses and it's Velarde that wants to contribute, um, you know, be able to help his teammates give goals just as much as he's going to shoot and coming into a game with four goals, three assists and having that mentality that could be dangerous. Um, another guy tends to have some speed, um, can charge on the ice without notice can kind of pivot on a swivel there and can be problematic is going to be Trevor Moore. So something else is that the LA Kings have a hot line. If you will, their second line is starting to come together, showing some glimmers of, well, formidability, if you will, even mm -hmm. though they're in back-to-back -back losses, it was the second line that kept them in any sort of game. Um, Arvidsson is their left winger, Dano being in the center there, and Trevor Moore being at the right wing. They've mm -hmm. shown a lot of creative um, and, and dominant puck movement, if you will, a balanced offensive and defensive attack and contribution. All three of these guys on this second line have a plus three rating at the moment and were a key reason that even though they lost, <laughs> they had any life in this Capitals game. Um, uh, I've talked about the Lightning being able to contain speed and physicality. When it comes to physicality, you have another guy on this list of top centers, Adrian Kempe. He's got four goals, two assists, six points, 10 minutes of penalty time already, and 15 shots on goal. He is not afraid to push somebody against the boards. He's not afraid to try to antagonize someone, piss somebody off on the ice, and take his two minutes in the penalty box. And when you have a guy like that, it can push this Lightning team out of their game and force them to play into whatever game the Kings want them to have. And that was a key point that you had on Friday, Kaylee versus the Florida Panthers, you know, don't allow, don't bite into the bait. Mm -mm. So there's a few things here that I see that the Kings are capable of doing. They can create bait for the Lightning to bite into. They have a lot of quality centers throughout their four lines that can be problematic and push the puck forward. Then they have that second line with um, Arvinson and, and, Dano and more that they have to be able to contain and contain them early because they were playing on their heels versus Florida because they weren't able to con contain Kachuk right away. What a yep. thing they back to back contain Kachuk. Uh, they weren't able to do that right away. So they need to come into this game knowing that they need to contain that second line from the jump, have that fast start, as you mentioned, and, um, give themselves a chance to not just stay in this game or bounce back in this game or rally in the third period, but control all three periods. It's very doable while they're trying to figure out their chemistry being my last thing. Um, clearly with their call-ups and everything that they have going on, they have an opportunity to exploit this here, but they're going to have to come in with their head on right. Um, the last thing that I will say that face-off success that they had over the weekend. There's a guy on this team that can cause them to maybe not be so successful because he's sitting in that 100% column of face-offs, and it is Brandon Lemieux. Everyone has mixed emotions when you hear the name Lemieux, and I know when it comes to seeing Brandon Lemieux's name, 
the first thing I thought when I saw his name on the roster was crap. This guy likes to pick fights and he loves to piss people off. Yeah. And if he's doing that and Kempe's doing that, again, there's an opportunity for the Kings here to force the lightning to bite the bait and play out of their structure and style that they're still trying to get acclimated with. Um, so Lemieux's over here with two assists, but 13 minutes of penalty time, nine, nine shots on goal and a hundred percent total in that face-off percentage. So um, if you can come in and contain these key guys, know what they're going to do, beat their expectation of eliminating you, flustering you and uh, causing special teams to be on the ice more than that even strength. Then this team has a great chance to start on the right foot out West for this West coast tour. It's, it's so true. I love all of the problematic players that you mentioned uh, because they are, like you said, problematic uh, Casey. It, it's going to be a fun few days of another back to back set late night. So be sure to drink your coffee, both oh. fans <laughs> and Casey. Don't, don't forget. Yeah. You got to drink some coffee as well. We got to stay up, watch these games. We will have another action packed episode coming to you guys on Wednesday. So be sure to download and subscribe pucks and bolts, wherever you guys get your podcasts. This is an Odyssey original podcast. So the best place to get it is the Odyssey app. So you're going to want to download that Odyssey app and then subscribe to Pucks and Bolts. Turn on the auto download button so that anytime we put out a new episode previewing a game or, you know, just reliving some great games that we watched previously, you can get those. You can also follow us at Pucks and the, the, the word A-N-D, Bolts. <laughs> on both Instagram and Twitter. So be sure to follow us pucks and bolts. Uh, and of course you can follow Casey Hudson at the sports case. That's K A S E. I'm Kaylee Mizell. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell. And again, be sure to download this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. But again, the Odyssey app is where you want to do it. And we will see you guys on Wednesday with a recap of the Kings game and previewing the Bolts back-to-back -back games. We will have more then. Until then, we'll see you later. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.